0: Good morning, it is February 21st, this is The Crossing Broadcast, and I am your host for the morning, Russell Joy, at Joy on Broad. Uh, My co-hosts, Adam Lefko and Kyle Scott, are either uh, dead in New York or dead under a uh, pile of shirts. So, uh, this will be a shorter episode I want to touch on really quick, some big news that came out. Uh, Carson Wentz's knee injury uh, and, and surgery recovery timeline might have changed a bit. Um, a doctor has referred to it as uh, as unfortunate news and has compared the injury to the RG3 knee injury, which is uh, worrisome. And I wanted to hit on an article that was written by Rick Buecher of uh, Drink Bleacher Report, who um, spun a web of infactualities and just poor misinformation in order to build a, a nonsensical narrative that for some reason he was able to publish. So I want to tackle both of those. I will encourage you that if you did not get to listen to it, um, Tuesday night, I posted uh, an episode called All Stars Tongue Twisters Flying and Fighting, um, where I was joined by Kevin Kincaid, Crossing Broad Sixers beat writer, Anthony Sanfilippo, the, uh, Crossing Broad Flyers beat writer, and, uh. Crossing Broad writer Bob to talk about some spring training battles with the Phillies. If you didn't listen to that episode yet, you should. It's an hour 44, so there's plenty of content uh, within that episode, uh, really kind of diving in deeper into each of those teams. Uh, We covered, um, Kincaid and I covered uh, Joel M B, Dario Sarge, and Ben Simmons' All-Star Weekend. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo and I kind of uh, was in the immediate aftermath of the Flyers trading for uh, Peter Masaryk. Mrazic, Morazic. I'm gonna screw that up every time. Peter Mrazic, and uh, Bob and I kind of talking. Oh, we also talked about like the the Flyers' veteran versus youth conundrum that they're facing, and if Dave Hackstall is doing a good job. And then Bob and I kind of talked about uh, how you round off the um, the rotation outside of Vince Velasquez, Aaron Nola, and uh, Jared Eichoff. And uh, we kind of looked at some infield options about if Michael Franco is going to rebound, um, all those kind of things. Before we get into the uh, the short episode right now, uh, we have two sponsors that we'd like to thank. Carlino's Market in Westchester and Amerigas. So, look, I've talked about this a million times. Carlino's in Westchester and Ardmore is your go-to for any artisanal meats and cheeses, Italian food, pasta, pizza, tomato pie, anything you could possibly set your heart's desire. If it's imported from Italy, it likely goes through Carlino's. And um, they have two awesome locations, Ardmore, where we did our first live show, Westchester, where we did our second live show. Um, This place is most of the reason that I made it through college. Most of my refund track went to Carlino's. They have fantastic food. If you haven't gone there before, it's a totally different feel from uh, going and sitting in like your traditional sit-down Italian restaurant. Uh, you can eat there. You can take it home, but um, plenty of counters where they've got everything set up. You want pasta, they'll make it in front of you. You want pizza, they'll make it in front of you. You want uh, some of your favorite artisanal meats and cheeses, your deli stuff, your your uh, freshly baked bread. All that stuff is there. Um, entire cases full of cheeses and meats that I only remember having seen in Tuscany. So uh, they are a must-go-to if you live anywhere in the general vicinity of Ardmore or Westchester. You need to get to Carlino's. Uh, Save yourself the hassle of making a dinner. Go to Carlino's. Let them do it for you. And oh my god, the meatballs. Um, We'd also like to thank Amerigas. Amerigas has uh, plenty of locations uh, that are affiliated. They've uh, actually, they're found at over 55,000 locations across the country, locally at Home Depot and 7-Eleven. Uh, we are running a uh, promotion. If you, uh, on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag showyourtanks and take a picture of an Amerigas tank and you in the most glorious place. I don't know where that could be. Maybe you're going to the Leaning Tower of Pisa and you're listening in Italy. Go take a picture with your Amerigas tank. I would question how it got there, but that's fine. Uh, If you are going past a giant billboard that's uh, thanking St. Nick Foles for the Super Bowl win, uh, take a picture with your Amerigas tank. If you are uh, reading this Rick Buecher hit piece this morning and you have an Amerigas tank, you know, there you go. Take a picture with that as well. Uh, The uh, entire giveaway is available at crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. Uh, Once you log on to that website or you click into that link, um, you will be greeted with a page that only requests that you leave. Uh, let's see. I'm pulling it up now. You've got your name and email. That's it. That's all. That's the only commitment you have to make. The winner gets a portable grill, a small patio heater, which is really great for tailgating and staying warm, uh, two tailgating chairs with sunshade and a hookup hose, as well as a $200 gift card to the Crossing Broad store, where you can buy more and more shirts that will continue to bury Kyle Scott in his garage. And listen, I mentioned this on the other episode. There are so many shirts at this point that have been sent out. Kyle, I think, is in... uh, I think he's now realized that the love uh, that he gets from the website, from people who love the shirts, love the designs, uh, and want to support is immense. There there are just so many shirts. I spent a few days there um, helping to get those things sent out. So if you're still waiting on a shipping notice, I think today is pretty much the day where if you haven't gotten a tracking notification yet... Uh, make sure that uh, you kind of keep your eyes out. I think they'll be going out. Anyway, those are the two giveaways uh, or the giveaway and the two sponsors. Again, Carlino's Market in Ardmore and Westchester and Amerigas. Uh, so big thanks to them. All right. Two things that I think are worth kind of hitting on this morning. Um, Carson Wentz, their CBS Philly, uh, reported that an orthopedic surgeon from NovaCare, um uh, Let me just pull this exact thing. Um, Dr. John Kelly from NovaCare, an orthopedic surgeon and uh, director of shoulder sports medicine, uh, as well as the professor of clinical orthopedic surgery at Penn orthopedic does not think that Carson Wentz is going to be able to make a recovery um, to be back by week uh, one. He thinks that it's going to take, it's going to be a nine to 11 month recovery. He said that it was uh, an ACL plus two, um, which he called an RG3 equivalent. This was uh, as part of uh, the WIP morning show on Tuesday. Um, he said it's an RG RG3 equivalent, and that it's worrisome. He said that at least on a positive note, um, Carson Wentz's surgeon was very good. That was uh, Dr. James Bradley, and he said he's going to have uh, therapy virtue of Novacare. He's a man of faith, which is important too. Guy is an excellent patient, but I think his timeline is very, very optimistic. So, um, Ian Rappaport back in December had also reported um, that the surgery was not only to repair a torn ACL, but also a partially uh, torn IT band and to clean up some of the meniscus damage. Uh, If he had torn, uh, I don't want to just keep reading this thing verbatim, you can find it over at CBS Philly, Um, but the, the... Overarching idea here is that Carson might have, you know, been pushing himself to a, uh, a potentially unrealistic uh, expectation for uh, his return. And so I guess where this kind of comes down is I had mentioned on Twitter, uh, I think almost in the immediate aftermath of the injury, that uh, the only thing I fear is that this could be an RG3 issue. And And while that's been shot down, because Wentz is an exponentially better pocket passer, he doesn't rely on his legs and his mobility quite as much as RG3 did, or even remotely as much. You still have to be concerned that your franchise quarterback has had a massive knee injury. Now, if these doctors are to be uh, believed, if Dr. Kelly is to be, you know, believed, he thinks that Wentz is going to need to wear a knee brace the rest of his career, just like Tom Brady does, and just like RG3 did. Now, does that mean that he's not going to be the incredible franchise quarterback that we've always, you know, grown to know and love? Absolutely not. Is there a possibility that Carson doesn't need the knee brace at all? Indeed. Is it possible that, uh, you know, every knee injury is different and he could return in that really optimistic timeline? Of course. But this is kind of where I think we get back to a conversation that we've had multiple times on this podcast and has been out there on the, in, in the Twitterverse, which is there's no need to trade Nick Foles. If it's me, I'm not rushing Carson back. Uh, the last thing you need is to rush Carson Wentz back into a season where uh, you run the risk of him not really being 100% and then you know taking one shot to the knee and knocking him out for the season and potentially ending his career. Those things aren't worth it for me. I want him 100%. If he comes back around like week five, week six, it'll be fine. Nick Foles has demonstrated that he is a, a perfectly competent quarterback. He can win you games and he certainly won't lose them for you. And Doug Peterson, if nothing else, has proven that he can build an offensive system around Nick Foles that is conducive to his skill set and, and conducive to the skill set of all of the skilled players. So uh, while none of this is necessarily any big new news, it was something that was brought up again, brought to the forefront Tuesday morning on WIP's morning show, thought it was worth uh, hitting on. Last night, by the way, the Flyers won in overtime, which was uh, redonkulous. Um, they have now earned a point in nine straight games, and uh, they find themselves in, in solid playoff position in the Eastern Conference. I think they're either second or third. I should have pulled that up. Um, they're they're in a position right now where going into the season, uh, I think it was Kyle had been the one who said that you kind of, by virtue of, of the way that the NHL is set up, you should make the playoffs. Uh, right now, the Flyers sit third in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they are sitting on 72 points. The only teams ahead of them right now within their division are uh, Pittsburgh, who have 74 points but also have played one extra game, and the Capitals, who have 75 points, they've played the same amount of games as the Flyers. It's an interesting kind of turnaround, Anthony Sanfilippo and I discussed in that last hour 44-minute episode. Uh, We really drilled down on the Flyers, so if you want more of that, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Final thing that stuck out last night was what i think could be at best described as a hit piece written by rick Bucher of bleacher report uh where uh, the, the title of the article was there will never be another process or a gm job for sam hinkey and it it was a long article and there's the concept of of writing something uh, and needing to know your audience, and I don't know how many times people are going to need to rehash what the process was, and not necessarily do it justice, not really give Hinky the credit that he deserved. Um, there are entire pieces of of what the process was, and uh, the the kind of um, the kind of guys that not only ended up on the Sixers that uh, you know have proven to to be NBA players like T.J. McConnell and Robert Covington. But there are other guys that have been, you know, brought in during the Hinkie regime that were on 10-day contracts that ended up playing, you know, big minutes uh, for other teams in the NBA, or at least have, you know, become, you know, role players, bench players in the league. So I think, if nothing else, uh, you know, they, they, Buecher kind of skewers Hinkie for accumulating so many second-round picks and many of them not working out, um, and and almost made it seem like it was um, uh, a fool's folly or something that. He had even decided to go out and acquire so many second-round picks and then not really, you know, land any of them. Um, which, I mean, if you if you go out and acquire 13 second-round picks and only two of them end up becoming solid contributors like T.J. McConnell and Robert Covington, I don't know if you can say that that's necessarily a failure, but I'm also a, a, a staunch supporter of Sam Hinkie, so that, that's that's my life. Maybe I think the most egregious error that came out of this article is... Rick Buecher uh, went on to mention the fact that uh, Joel Embiid is the key cog to the entire thing, and when citing multiple anonymous sources who are GMs, I believe, in the Western Conference, they seem to make it sound like the entire process hinges around Joel Embiid, which is fair. While also just kind of uh, undervaluing, I think, what what Ben Simmons is, he does mention that many of the things that were put in motion— uh, resulted in Ben Simmons and Hell Fultz now being Sixers, even though Hinky wasn't one to draft them. Um, but one of the things that he said that was just an egregious error, uh, he goes on to say, though Embiid missed his first two seasons recovering from a broken right foot, played only 31 games last season, and has spent the better part of this season under a minutes restriction to safeguard against another physical setback, he is the lone 2014 draft class member to be named an all-star. Now, for anybody who's a Sixers fan or anybody who's paid attention to the team or anybody who has NBA.com backslash stats, you would know that that is inaccurate. Joel Embiid has not been on a minutes restriction this season. In fact, he's averaged 31.4 minutes per game, which, uh, in case you were wondering, ranks him 11th among centers in the NBA. He's only 0.1 minutes behind uh, uh, Nikola Jokic for 10th on that list. So, um, I, I don't want to get into the million, all of the errors that were within the buker piece. Um, he does go on to give Hinky a little bit of credit. Like I said, he, he mentioned that Hinky set uh, things in motion that resulted in Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz being, uh, on this team. But in citing anonymous sources, uh, and anonymous GMs who were, you know, staunch Hinky uh, uh, critics, I, I think if nothing else, between that and the title, you get the feeling that it was just a slant piece. It was a hit piece on Hinky, and he knows he doesn't go on to uh, to quote Sam. He quotes a few people who are around Sam. He mentions that Sam isn't necessarily looking for a, a job to get back in the NBA, but he goes on to also mention the fact that multiple GMs and multiple teams' front offices have reached out to Sam Hinky for guidance and for suggestions. Now, uh, he also says that a few other teams have mentioned uh, a few other G or um uh owners and i guess anonymous um front office personnel said that they would consider bringing in Sam Hinkie but uh they wouldn't want to put him in charge so there are a few things in this that i think are a little bit uh lo- uh i guess a bit of a logical fallacy like i don't know if you can necessarily say that hinkie doesn't deserve to be a gm again when other teams are saying that they would consider hiring him uh i don't know if um guys like Mark Cuban who had come out um I think it was a, about two years ago, Cuban had come out and said that he was a big fan of Sam Hinkie and he understands why Hinky did what he did. Uh, clearly, Cuban's team, the Dallas Mavericks, who are now embroiled in a sexual harassment scandal, which uh, was reported on SI, SI.com, read it at 4 a.m. when one of our kids was awake screaming uh, on and off all night. Um, apparently now, Dallas uh, has, I guess, quietly said that they're tanking, but then in, in the public is claiming that they're not. Um, Hinkey was the one who sent this thing into, uh, I don't know the, the most extreme I think we've ever seen of a GM, uh, and the most extreme we've ever seen a team lose. And in this article, he also, uh, Buecher also mentions the fact that, uh, a bunch of GMs were upset with the fact that Hinky's team could have lost 22 games and he could have kept his job, but because they were losing or they were winning only, you know, 15 games or whatever, that that is the reason that, uh. Ultimately, the NBA front office, uh, led by Commissioner Adam Silver, forced him out. Uh, Josh Harris had to come in and, uh, you know, felt like he needed to hire Jerry Colangelo. And by extension, Brian Colangelo is the GM. Um, look, it's it's all a rehashing, and it's a, it's a slant piece. It's a hit piece at best. Um, it does give a little bit of credit. There's one Western Conference GM, hint, hint, Daryl Morey, who, uh, you know, went anonymous in praising what Hinky did and saying that uh, there's definitely merit to it whenever you come out with with as many good pieces uh, as they did. Um, I do think it's funny that GMs will go out of their way to criticize uh, the, the pick of Michael Carter-Williams at 11th in the draft, um, while also kind of overlooking the fact that they themselves likely passed on Rudy Gobert and Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, it's it's a weird kind of double standard that exists within uh, NBA circles and for that matter front office circles in in most sports. It's easy to point a finger at someone who's no longer in the league. It's another thing to admit your own fault and say we all screwed up and we all we all missed on Giannis, we all missed on Gobert and, you know, that's on all of us. That's not just him. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough for today. Uh I was going to drop in I there were some people who had left voicemails a while ago uh about how much the Super Bowl win means. I think I'm going to try to edit them in. I'm in a time crunch to get to work. So if they're not in here, they will be in a future episode. Um, But again, Flyers won last night. That's exciting. Uh, Sixers are going to be resuming their schedule uh, soon. And um, thanks for listening. I know that this has been a, uh, a really kind of rough stretch here where we haven't been putting out the podcast uh, either on time or, uh, you know, putting out the podcast, uh, I don't even know, like sometimes not even the same day, Um, but we are, we're working to get back into the swing of things. Once these shirts are done, Kyle will be back among the land of the living and hopefully uh, wherever Adam is in New York right now, he's, uh, he's smiling, listening to uh, the newest episode of Crossing Broadcast and we hope to have him back on Friday. Uh, Here's, uh, oh look, we have some new, uh, we have some new um, reviews on iTunes. Let's hit these really quick. So, Grayson11 said, enjoyable, five stars, regular listener, love the local take on sports, and no hockey, so far, sad. Don't, 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 don't hate on hockey. Um, you guys are slacking, five stars. Uh, somebody goes on, uh, what's this, I don't know how to say this name, Dechyla DeChyla, 326, uh, says that Kyle is running a t-shirt empire, but he's feeling a lot of missed opportunity, or she uh, is missing a lot of opportunity for content regularly. Um, no discussion about the union's first preseason match, Russ. No, I'm not talking about the union's preseason. The union still suck, although they've been uh, connected to a, uh, check player to possibly be their number 10 going into the season. Here's hoping it works. Uh, stop messing with my OCD and go back and stick with the original schedule. Hashtag five stars. Well, thank you for that. Uh, hashtag, uh, here's, uh, one last one by VJHDHH five stars who says where's the podcast five stars not showing up under uh, under podcasts on iphone don't worry this one will go out it'll and uh like i said at the beginning of the episode i know this one uh was a little bit short it might have been a little bit rough and the editing might not be that great before i get to work but uh there was an episode posted tuesday night if it didn't come through your subscriptions make sure that you uh log on to uh or hop on to Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. There's an episode that was posted last night, All Stars Tongue Twisters Flying and Fighting, where I sat down with Kevin Kincaid, the Sixers beat writer, Anthony Sanfilippo, the Flyers beat writer, and Crossing Broad writer Bob to discuss the Phillies. There's plenty of content there to hopefully hold you over until Friday. Once again, thanks for listening to the Crossing Broadcast. We will be back on Friday. Stay out of trouble. Don't get arrested.